Hi, it's Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast with Jason, Ooh. where we <laughs> we explore how to live a purpose life. Power of Purpose podcast with Jason and Judy Carter. And Judy Carter. <laughs> Let me get this intro out, Jason, for God's sake. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah, we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. And um, thank you again to all of our um, listeners on the Power of Purpose. Please subscribe. Yes. Subscribe to us. And if you write a review, I'll give you, I'll give you a gift. Oh. Yeah, my book is coming out, The New Comedy Bible, coming out. January 22nd, we're going to have book signings all across the U.S., and they're going to be comedy workshops. So mm. if you're a comedian, you need new material, write a review of this, as this has helped you in any way, shape, or form, and um, you will get a free ticket. Woohoo! Yes, free you will. Free access. Free something or other. Excellent. Yes, you are. Yeah, <laughs> except if it's a shitty review. Do, yeah. do you think I have to still give them something I don't know. I think that's going to be up to you. Judy you? Carter sucks. Yeah. I, I gave her this review, and all I got was like... <laughs> this, this ticket to her workshop. Yeah. So I can tell her she sucks to her face. <laughs> you well, you know, it's so funny because I think everybody who wants to be a stand-up comic, everybody who loves comedy, um, the word love is there it's like mm -hmm. this compulsion mm -hmm. um that i have to do it like mm -hmm. I, all day long i think of jokes mm -hmm. i want to get on stage and you know i want a career in comedy i mean every day i have in my book a commitment form mm -hmm. and people fill it out email me and it's it's like when when are you going to do when are you going to stop doing it and mm -hmm. they all and like most of it's money which is yeah. interesting um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll do it, and it's ridiculous money. Nine million dollars. Like, yeah. why nine? Why not ten? <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> what are some of the others I get? Oh, I get an Emmy and an Oscar and yeah. this an and EGOT. that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> an EGOT, and um, and then a lot of people just. I think the more honest ones is well, I'm, I'm gonna do it till I'm dead. Yeah. Right. Which I always go like, wow, right before you die, what's what's your last joke? Mm -hmm. you know, well, there's the light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I, I guess my time's up. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, there there are points in our, our lives where we're so obsessed with it. We, we just love it. There's mm -hmm. this sense of uh, when we're on stage that there is no other place we want to be mm -hmm. in that spotlight. And when that audience laughs, we're just filled to our soul. And it's like, this is where I belong. This feels so good to me. This is it, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, and that feeling drives us mm -hmm. um, with that desire to do it in a bigger and bigger arena from open mics to uh, maybe a comedy club to opening to traveling to making a living you know to getting on TV to having this your own your own special mm -hmm. but what happens when what you're doing is not something you desire anymore mm -hmm. like or you've changed when it drops it from compulsion to desire 
because there's a there's kind of a difference there. Like compulsion is I can't stop. I can't never not do this. Uh, I was just listening and watching the masterclass with Shonda Rhimes, and she was talking about how even when she's working on five different shows and 20 different other things and a movie and this and that, she's still writing little stories and little things that have nothing to do with any of the other stuff she's working on because she's so compelled to write and create. It doesn't stop whether there's money. It doesn't stop. But what you also get is a lot of people who only have the desire to do something, which is like, yeah, I'll do that if it's fun. Well, what's the difference then between desire and compulsion? Compulsion, you cannot turn off. You cannot turn off. You have to do it whether you're getting paid, whether you're not getting paid, whether you're... It is always going. It is firing nonstop. You're thinking about stuff all the time. Desire is, you know what would be cool? If. And then then it goes, oh, well, maybe I don't want to be a a writer because, you know, writers don't get a lot of respect. I'll be an actor. There you go. Actors are good. Well, because if you... If you just have desire but no compulsion, then you're the people who are emailing me going, well, um, I'll do it until I get all this money. Exactly. You, there's, they uh, don't have the compulsion then. Yeah, they a, don't get it, there's right? There's a great uh, phrase that I've stolen from a martial arts master I met up in Oregon called the conditionally committed. They are committed to things as long as the conditions are right. And if the conditions aren't right, all that commitment's gone. So it's, I want to go on that roller coaster. Oh, I have to wait in line? Uh, It's too hot. Uh, I have to pay for a ticket? Uh, No. Compulsion is, I'm going on that goddamn roller coaster. I don't care how it would look. Got to wait in line for two hours? Great. It's going to be 100 degrees? Don't care. What are the things? Stand there. I'm going on that thing, and I don't care what it takes for me to get there. That's compulsion. Desire is, I want to go on that roller coaster. Oh, well, it's only open on the weekends. Well, I don't want to go on the weekend. And then I don't go. So... That's oh yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it because they are conditionally committed to things. You know what the mistake is? The illusion is that they see people do comedy or perform or whatever art form they're mm-hmm. in, and then they see the people who make all the money. So mm-hmm. they go, "I do this, I get that." Yeah, but they don't get it that the people making all this money would do it even if they didn't make all this mm. money. I got to tell you this thing I saw last night on YouTube. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. You know I'm in a relationship with with a, a millennial. Yes. Yes, right? Oh, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. It happened. We fell in love. We're engaged. What am I going to do? Mm. But what's so great about it is I see all these things that other people my age wouldn't normally see. And mm. it's really opened my eyes like this YouTube video of Jeffree Star. Have you heard about Jeffree Star? I don't know anything about that stuff. I'm sorry. I I nestle comfortably into my Gen X status and oblivious to everything. Jeffree Star, okay, um, just put out a um, a palette of eyeshadow. Mm -hmm. And in 20 minutes... He it sold out a huge factory of these palettes, making millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. In 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 like in five minutes, he made five hundred thousand. Oh wow! And in twenty minutes, everything was completely sold out. Okay. Okay. And you watch this video, and he's very flamboyant, um, gay guy who mm-hmm. isn't 
drag. I, I think um, drag is too commonplace. He's quite a unique character. Mm -hmm. And he started, he was uh, did makeup at, um, you know, those people who work on the display, Mac display, yeah, yeah. right? And putting things on and, and his career, he, he started to mingle with celebrities and then it went on to, he wanted to be a celebrity and he got together with this guy, Shane. They just started doing YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. But the thing that you saw in doing this was they had such a compulsion <laughs> of every element of this eyeshadow. Now, to me, I'm not a girly girl. I don't wear a lot of makeup. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not. I am not their, you know, audience. Yeah. But what intrigued me was the packaging and every detail and how long they worked on this. And before this, they just made you know, these funny videos about their lives and how into it they were mm -hmm. and and how he built this huge empire. But what you get from this was they didn't do it for the money. Mm -hmm. It's not at all. They had no other choice. He has no other choice. Mm -hmm. This is what he looks like. This is what he dresses like. He's his own completely own brand and image and so unique and and he's committed to being his most authentic self mm -hmm. and then the money comes yeah and that's the thing is like even if it's one of the things that i discover with a lot of performers and a lot of just creatives in, in general especially like if i'm hiring for my company and things like that is they're looking for a paycheck in something that might be fun to do that's what I, f I find a lot of is, oh, it might be fun to make videos. It might be fun to create commercials. It might be fun. And if I can get paid, that's great. You know, they're not consummate, compelled storytellers who are like, oh, I'm going to be making videos regardless of whether I'm working and getting paid for it or not. I'm going to be telling stories regardless of that stuff. If you want me, and of course, every company in the world does because someone who is just compelled to do their job every day for whatever rate you pay them, yes, you want them on your team. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, right. I want the guy who's just like, I'm, I love going into work. This is what I got to do. This is what I have to, how I have to live. Um, so what I, I try to ask a lot of people who are especially starting out or are new or, or just, <laughs> you know, for whatever, is I say, have you identified what you're compulsive about? Because... Okay, Every, can, what eating? Like <laughs> that's that's true. Well, but the thing is, is like okay, a lot of people don't realize what their compulsion is, and you know, some people are shiny object. They're early adopter, new adopter. I gotta have whatever's new. I got a new, new, right. new, 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 forever and ever. But then they never deep dive into anything. It's yeah. like I'll. It's like how people order at a restaurant. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very much you know. I'm at the checkout line, the Inquirer, and the Snickers bar, and the this and that and whatever. It's just I'm just feeding a need in the moment. Yeah, and you're easily manipulated yeah. manipulated by what you read on you know on mm -hmm. your social media feeds. Well, maybe I'll do that because yeah. a lot of other people are doing that. But when you talk to a creative who is like one of the people we're talking about, who is compulsive about their art they know how obsessed they are they don't ever go oh i'm completely surprised by the fact that i write until i pass out at my desk you know they know they are fully aware of the fact do you know do you know what the image is it's hmm. like it's like i feel with my compulsion mm -hmm. okay because i'm 
I have a cat and I'm not, it's waking me up at 5 a.m. So I'm not sleeping, mm -hmm. but I go downstairs and I'm writing and working on a show. Mm -hmm. And um, do I work on that show? Because I want to be up at 5 a.m. working on that show. No, you know what I am? My compulsion uh, to write mm -hmm. is I feel like a fish on a line. Mm -hmm. Like it's got a hook in my cheek, mm -hmm. right? And if I'm not writing and I, and, and you know what I'm doing at night when I'm mm -hmm. sleeping? I'm thinking about the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dreaming about the show. And I'll wake up in the middle of the night with a recorder going, no, 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 put that scene over there and move that mm -hmm. over there. And right there. And then I and then I have sweats about maybe that's not right. Maybe you shouldn't go there. It's like I am obsessed. Yeah. And I remember um, at an early age that um, I was doing something and my mother came in and said, why are you so obsessed? Why do you, I was making a batik or something. And you mm. know, when I do something, I just, I can't stop doing it. Yep. And she said, why do you do, why don't you go out and meet some boys? <laughs> right? <laughs> why don't I just all by yourself doing this? Mm -hmm. And the, the, the problem is, is that a lot of us who do have an artistic predisposition mm -hmm. where, you know, we're creatively compulsive. Yep. We grow with people who don't, Get it. Yes. Absolutely. Right? And so their negative voices go into our head and we should be well rounded. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the best thing that happened to me, like my father, who was like really mean to me my whole life and never really liked me. Mm -hmm. He told me it was my fault. I, 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 when I was a baby, I, <clears throat> I cried when he held them and I ruined our relationship. <laughs> so anyway, so so one he, he retired and he didn't know what to do with his life and he said, You know what? I'm jealous. Because you always had something that you were obsessed to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I think it leads to depression when you have that and you don't follow it. Exactly. Well, that's the, that's the other part about it is you have to be, and we always talk on this show about how insanely honest and brutal you have to be with yourself how you have to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself real questions and get real honest answers. And this question, I hadn't even thought about it, but then I think about all of the people that I respect who are creatives. They're all compulsive. They're all at, and they all completely and totally know that they are incredibly obsessed with the thing that they're doing and they'll be doing it, whether they're succeeding, not succeeding, paid, not getting paid, but they ask themselves that question. They went and said, I am this because I literally can't do anything else. I literally cannot function unless I am doing this. And you don't need a gig to do it, yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, you could do it anywhere if you're... I, I, did a, I was walking the beach and there's a whole bunch of pigeons sitting there. I did a set for them. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> could stop. That's the thing is like... So, and, and, and here's, the, here's the other truth about it is like, for me, like I started up as a performing artist. And now everything I do is behind the scenes. And that's my compulsiveness in reality. My compulsiveness. I never feel more satisfied until I see something else uh, <laughs> when I have put all the pieces of a project together. When all of the elements have come together, I'm like, what's his name from the A-team? It's just, I love it when a plan comes together. I, am, I love that. I, standing on a set, and all the individual pieces that I have put together are all working together to create the thing is my level of, oh, yeah. 
And then I start thinking about the next one. All right, well, maybe we could get this guy and this thing, and maybe we could put this together and da-da-da-da-da. That is my compulsion. So I work really well with an artist who is much more artist compulsion, who's much more about perfectionism and making it the best quality it can be and the most entertaining and the most this and that. Our two compulsive natures complement each other for our business. But when I started, I thought I was the compulsive performer and I'm not, you know, because that has faded. But that need to make all the pieces work has never not existed. Right. So what you're saying is Mm -hmm. when you have desire... It will fade. Yes. But when you have compulsion, yeah. it will be there till the day you die. Exactly. You can't. Robin Williams was like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody said, oh, my God, he's an audience junkie. He was mm-hmm. always on. I mean, he would be like, do a set on the improv, go to the comedy store, do a set, drive down to Irvine at the laugh stop, do a set over there. Mm-hmm. And then and then in between, he'd be, you know, on the sidewalk just doing routines, yeah. you know, not like routines, but just riffing, yep. you know, because that's how his brain worked. And you had to do it and it didn't and the and the truth of it is which is so weird is that when you do get a like that gig mm-hmm. like th- where you do make the money like he got Mork and Mindy mm-hmm. well Mork and Mindy was not satisfying to him mm-hmm. what was satisfying to him was like to do the warm-up before the show mm-hmm. right or come to the improv and you know, do a set there. Mm-hmm. But what he was getting paid for wasn't really it. Yeah. And that happens to a lot of people where, you know, where the thing that we get paid for becomes the prison sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's the old, well, I forget which actress said this is, you know, they don't pay me to act. They pay me to wait. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they, they're paying me for all the other crap I have to put up with until I can get on stage and perform. Right. And that's what they're paying me for. They're not paying me for my time on stage because that I have to do. You know, that's going to happen regardless. But it's the waiting and the getting to the trailer at 4 a.m. for makeup. And it's the sitting around between takes and the, you know, all the and the interviews and the this and the PR and the photo shoots and all. That's what they're paying me for. When I get on and they're recording me, they're not paying me for that because I'm going to do that regardless. And um, I think one of the the big things is to not get discouraged. If you think that you're, if you discover that something you thought was a, you know, compulsion is actually a desire because everyone is compulsive about something. Everyone is regardless of who they are. It, you know, artists, business people, mothers, it doesn't, it just, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. But what you have to do is really identify and take the time to figure out if the thing that you're doing is compulsive or if it is just a desire. And if it is just a desire, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't be like, oh, oh God, that's it. You know, that's, oh, I'm a fraud. You know, no, you can still find things in the areas of creative expression, creative work, creative careers that isn't that one thing because you may discover like me that your compulsion is something entirely different that it's something a little bit more construction based than it is performance based yeah and uh and but the worst thing you can do is lie to yourself about it you know if you want to be an actor because you want to walk red carpets 
you're going to suffer your whole life. Yeah, and you might get lucky and get that shot. Yeah. But then it's going to be, you're going to feel like a fraud. Yeah, you're going to feel like a fraud. And, well, I mean, everybody gets that imposter syndrome. But at the same time, it's never going to work out for you. It's always going to fall apart. It's always going to break down. Or you're never going to feel satisfied. Or you're going to be miserable when you get there. You know, you have to ask yourself, all right, what the, what, what makes, what constantly is happening within me that I have to serve, otherwise I can't function, and then maybe I need to sculpt things around that. Exactly. And when you find that compulsion and you hear that negative voice that maybe came from your childhood that says, um, you know, be more well-rounded. Yeah. <laughs> right? Ugh. You know, diversify. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, no. no. You got to go after it. Stick to it. Drive it. And be compulsed. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.